Surat Al-Munafiqoon Surat Al-Munafiqoon is a madani surah. As we can see from the name of the surah, it talks about the people with nifaq, the people with hypocrisy. And remember that hypocrisy was something that was unknown in Makkah. When the Prophet ﷺ was in Makkah, it was only somebody who really, truly believed that would accept Islam openly also. Because believing meant taking up a lot of opposition. So in Makkah, you could say that the Islam of people was very sincere. But in Medina, very soon, things became easier. It was like the in thing to become Muslim in the city of Medina. Because so many important people were accepting Islam. And then with Badr, victory after victory, it was again easier to accept Islam. So remember that nifaq was a madani phenomenon. So Surah Al-Munafiqoon is a madani surah. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu reported that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to recite Surah Al-Jumu'ah and Surah Al-Munafiqoon during the Friday prayer. These two surahs, he would recite them when? In the Friday prayer. Remember that the way of the Prophet ﷺ was such that his khutbah would be short and his prayer would be long. Unfortunately, it's the exact opposite today. Khutbahs are very long and the prayer is extremely short. The Prophet ﷺ recited these surahs in Salatul Jumu'ah. Why these two surahs? Remember Jumu'ah, public gathering, right? Jamr. So, so many people have assembled. Why Suratul Jumu'ah? Because it was a reminder of the importance and etiquette of the Friday prayer, as well as some very powerful reminders are given in Suratul Jumu'ah. And why Suratul Munafiqun? Because this surah reminds us of the seriousness of hypocrisy, that how evil it is, and it is something that we all need to constantly reflect upon, because nifaq can come in, you know, very quietly. You see, hidden shirk. Hidden shirk, what is that? The corruption of the intention, right? And how does it creep in? How subtle is it? It is like a black ant on a dark rock in a dark night. Just imagine how subtle and hidden it is. And this is how nifaq is. So it is necessary that Surah Al-Munafiqun is not just recited once, but over and over to remind ourselves of the seriousness of this crime. We see that in this group of Madani Surahs, Surah Al-Saf and Surah Al-Jumu'ah, all of these Madani Surahs, this group, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the believers. Isn't it? Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu, lima taqulu ma la taf'alun. The believers are being addressed. And in these Surahs, our deficiencies are being pointed out. Why? So that we can recognize them. We can identify them. We can see them. Because only once we identify our deficiencies, can we work on them. Can we improve ourselves. We see that Iman, Iman, it creates unity. Surah Al-Jumu'ah, Jamr. Every week, people come together. Iman creates unity. In Surah Al-Saf also we learned that, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَ فِي سَبِيلِهِ صَفًّا كَأَنَّهُمْ بُنْيَانٌ مَرْسُوسٌ بُنْيَانٌ مَرْسُوسٌ This is unity. How does Iman create unity? Between words and actions. Between people also. Because the goal of Iman is Tawheed. Nifaq, on the contrary, what does that create? Disunity. 
between words and actions, between people also. Because the goal, the objective of nifaq is what? The ego. A person is following his ego. He is satisfying his ego. And that is the worst false god. As the Prophet ﷺ said, that false god that is worshipped is what? Hawa. It's the desire. So Jumu'ah, Surah Al-Jumu'ah, Jumu'ah, the Friday prayer, it leads to Jamr. And Nifaq leads to division. And this is what we will see in this surah. Now, Surah Al-Munafiqoon, it was revealed on the return journey from Ghazwa Muraysir, which is also known as Ghazwa Banu Mustalaq. The Banu Mustalaq, a tribe, they lived by a pond named Muraysir. So this is why it's known as Ghazwa Muraysir as well as Ghazwa Banu Mustalaq. Because the tribe of Banu Mustalaq, they lived near what? A pond known as Muraysir. And this pond was located somewhere between Mecca and Medina. The Banu Mustalaq, they were the allies of the people of Mecca. All right? And they had also helped the Meccans against the Muslims in the battle of Uhud. Alright? So they were allies and they had assisted the Mushrikeen of Mecca against the Muslims. In which battle? In the battle of Uhud. And we see that their presence, their location also gave the Meccans safety. Alright? Outside of the city of Mecca. In the sense that it helped them come closer to Medina. All right, in order to launch an offensive, in order to harm the Muslims, because they had their allies, Banu Mustalaq. Makkah was far from Medina, but Banu Mustalaq were somewhat closer to Medina. All right? And then we see that at this time, the Banu Mustalaq were also preparing an offensive against the Muslims in Medina. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he heard about this, he sent somebody to investigate and to confirm whether the Banu Mustalaq were planning an attack or not. And once the news was confirmed, the Prophet ﷺ decided to take the Muslims and launch a sudden attack on the Banu Mustalaq. Alright? So 700 Muslims went along. And amongst them, or rather someone who went along with the 700 Muslims was also Abdullah ibn Ubay. Who was he? The chief hypocrite. Why did he go along? Because this was a very easy victory. The Banu Mustalaq were not prepared. They were not expecting an attack from the Muslims. Alright? So this would be a very easy victory. The journey was not long. The enemy was somewhat smaller. So the Munafiqeen also went along. Now what happened? The Muslims, they were victorious in this launch. And as they were returning, certain incidents happened. What happened is that on the way back to Medina, there were two youths. One happened to be from the Ansar and one happened to be from the Muhajirun. They had an argument. All right? And in this argument, the Ansari youth said, Oh Ansar, come and help me. And the Muhajir youth, he said, Oh Muhajirun, come and help me. You see what's happening over here? Division. The Muhajirun and the Ansar were together. They were one people. They were one family. They were brothers. Correct? But what happened in this fight is that the Muhajir is saying, come help me to his folk. And the Ansari is saying, come help me to his folk. So what happened when the Prophet 
learnt about this because this argument turned very violent and people were ready to take up weapons against each other. When the Prophet ﷺ found out, he came and he resolved the matter and he said, مَا بَالُ الدَّعْوَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ What is this call of jahiliyyah? Why are you saying, O Ansar, come and help me. O Muhajirun, come and help me. This is the call of jahiliyyah. This is, in a way, racism. What are you doing? He said, دَعُوهَا فَإِنَّهَا Muntina. Leave it because it is stinky. Muntina is something that's stinky, that's so bad that it smells. You don't want to go near it. He said, don't say these things. So what happened? The Ansar, the Muhajirin were back to normal. Everything was cool. But Abdullah bin Ubay was not happy with this. Because he did not like the Muhajirun, right? Because since they had come, things had changed. Abdullah bin Ubay was supposed to be crowned as the king of the city of Yathrib. And what happened? Islam came. And now there was no Abdullah bin Ubay becoming a king. It was the Prophet ﷺ who became the leader. So Abdullah bin Ubay was not happy with that. right? So when he saw this slight division of hearts, he wanted to take advantage of it. So what happened? Abdullah bin Ubay was sitting amongst his friends, like-minded individuals. And he said certain things that were very inappropriate about the Muhajirun. And also about the Prophet ﷺ. Things such as, why, you know, that the example of these people is like that of a dog. That you feed the dog, and then it attacks you. So basically what he was implying was, that we have been helping the Muhajirun, we accommodated them in our homes, and here they are, ruling us. That doesn't make sense. And then he said things like, you know what, we should stop spending on them, on the Muhajirun, and eventually they'll go away. And then he went on and on saying that, you know, I am the one who's more honorable, and the Prophet ﷺ is not. When we go to Medina, we'll see who is it that stays in Medina. So he said such things which were very inappropriate. And there was a boy who heard all of this conversation. His name was Zaid. Zaid bin Arqam. When he heard that, he went to the Prophet ﷺ and he informed him that this is what Abdullah bin Ubay said. So the Prophet ﷺ, he called Abdullah bin Ubay, did you say this? And Abdullah ibn Ubay refused. He denied. He said, no, I didn't say anything like this. So now Zaid... He was seen as a liar. You understand? As a child who is inventing things. Now what happened? Abdullah bin Ubay was very upset. And Zayd radiallahu anhu, the little sahabi, he was even more upset. Right? So, But he knew that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would clarify his position. And so these verses were revealed. These verses were revealed showing who exactly Abdullah bin Ubay was. He wasn't a believer as he portrayed himself. In fact, he was a hypocrite inside out. So these verses exposed the hypocrites. So let's look at these verses. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ida Jaakal Munafiqoon. When the hypocrites come to you, Kalu, they say, Nashhadu, we testify in Nakala Rasulullah. Indeed, you, O Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wasallam are surely the messenger of Allah the hypocrites testify and they say we bear witness that you Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam are the messenger of Allah 
Allah says, تَرْوَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ Allah knows already, إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُهُ That indeed you are His Messenger. Meaning the testimony of the hypocrites is not needed. Their statements, what they say is not needed because Allah already knows. وَاللَّهُ يَشْهَدُ However, Allah testifies that إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ That indeed the hypocrites لَكَاذِبُونَ Surely they're liars. Allahu Akbar. Here is a person coming to the Prophet ﷺ saying apparently such a big statement. نَشْهَدُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ And Allah says, you don't need to tell us that. Allah already knows. However, Allah يَشْهَدُ Allah testifies that إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَكَاذِبُونَ That indeed the hypocrites are lying. They're lying? Yes. How? Because they don't mean what they say. They say with their mouths that they believe. But do they really believe? No, they do not. It's just lip service. It's just verbal statements. They don't really mean them. Even though the statement which they utter is true. Because the Prophet ﷺ is indeed the Messenger of Allah. Right? Allah is the one who sent the Messenger ﷺ. So the statement, إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُهُ Yes, it is correct. It is true. But the hypocrite saying, نَشْهَدُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُهُ This statement is false. Their statement is a lie. Because they don't mean what they say. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept this statement from them. What does this show to us? That إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ Actions are truly judged by what? By their intention. A person could be uttering a statement of shirk, a statement of kufr. But if he doesn't mean it from his heart, and he is being forced to say it, and if he doesn't say it, his life is in danger, like what happened with Ammar bin Yasir, radiallahu anhu, right? That he finally had to say a statement of kufr in order to save himself. So that statement was not counted. Because his intention was not to pronounce kufr. And here we see one of the most truest statement that إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُهُ When the munafiqeen say it, they say it with dishonesty, Allah does not accept it. What does this mean then? It's not about what we say. It's about what we believe and what we do. Saying is easy. Talking is easy. It seems very difficult. But actually it's very easy. What is really difficult is honesty. That a person truly believes in what he is uttering. That a person is saying from his heart what he is pronouncing from his mouth. That a person is showing with his actions, doing in his actions what he's saying from his mouth. So the munafiqoon, they are accused of lying over here. And this is their nifaq, this is their hypocrisy. That from their mouths they say that they believe, but in their hearts they conceal disbelief. And what's amazing over here is that they're swearing oaths. Nashhadu, nashhadu. And Allah does not accept it at all. So we could say very big statements, very powerful statements. But those statements are worthless worthless they don't carry any weight near allah if those statements are not backed up with action and sincerity then they're hollow and empty words 
we see that the way of the munafiqeen was indeed this, that every time they would come to the Prophet ﷺ, they would remind him, and they would try to assure him that we believe, we believe. When they would go to the Muslims again, they would say, Amanna, Amanna. The thing is that if a person believes, he doesn't need to keep saying, I believe, I believe. I mean, it's understood. You believe? Yeah, I heard you. Last time also when you said that. But why does a person need to say again and again and again? Because he knows that the other person doesn't believe him. So he wants to assure with his words. So there is a sense of guilt in the heart. Right? There is a sense of guilt in the heart. So he keeps saying with his mouth, I assure you, I assure you. As Allah says in the Qur'an, يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا They try to deceive Allah and those who believe. But who are they actually deceiving? Themselves. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I know when Sister Taymiyyah, she said the statement you say is not enough, you have to say it from your heart also. I know this sister before Eid in uh, 10 of Ashra Awail of Dhul Hijjah, her mom, she doesn't have money in back home and she said, I'll send you some money and she doesn't have much and her mom, she said, you don't have much money, but, and she said, no, Allah Kareem, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you have taqwa, he give you from place you don't expect it. She said this word. After one week, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gave her $15,000. And I was so surprised, subhanallah, how this happened. If you have taqwa, if you say it from your heart, if your niyyah is clear, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you. Yes. If you honestly say something while believing in Allah, Allah will make that statement come true. And if a person is lying, saying a big statement with dishonesty, then that lie will be exposed sooner or later. We are on the lecture on Thursday by Sheikh Walid Bitsuni. Uh, he was saying that when you make dua, you should have like yaqeen in your dua and you should start acting on the dua so it shows your yaqeen because when you have that sincerity and that level, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it easier for you. Yes. Actions are by intentions, right? So from the sunnah we learned that the hypocrites, they would come repeatedly to the Prophet ﷺ, swear oaths before him, you know, every time they did something wrong, every time their guilt was exposed, they would come and try to assure the Prophet ﷺ with their mouths that they were believers. In fact, we learned that Abdullah bin Ubay, at the beginning, remember he embraced Islam, why? Because everybody around him was embracing Islam. And if he didn't, he would appear to be someone who's standing up against the Prophet ﷺ. So anyway, he embraced Islam outwardly. And Jumu'ah, Friday, when the Prophet ﷺ would come to give the khutbah, Abdullah bin Ubay would stand up in his spot. And he would address the people. And he would say things like, the Prophet of Allah has come, so all people believe in him and follow him, and on and on and on. He would say such things. And then finally he would sit down. So what, after the battle of Uhud, remember what happened at Uhud? Abdullah bin Ubay, he left the Muslims, right? And he came back to Medina with his people. So after Uhud, in Jumu'ah, when he stood up in order to start his speech again, people forced him to sit down. We don't want to hear it from you. We don't want to hear it from you. We know who you are. And from this point onwards, his nifaq was exposed. But he continued in this way, that every time he did something wrong, 
he would come to the Prophet ﷺ and say, Nashhadu inna kala Rasulullah. Allah revealed this ayah. Wallahu ya'lamu inna kala Rasuluh. Wallahu yashhadu inna al-munafiqina lakadhibun. In Surah Al-Fatih, ayah 28, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wakafa billahi shaheeda. That Allah is sufficient as a witness. This is with regards to what? The ayah that Muhammadur Rasulullah. That Muhammad وسلم, is the messenger of Allah. اتخذوا, they have taken أيمانهم, their oaths جُنَّةً as a shield. أيمان is a plural of yameen. And Junna جيم نون نون Janna is to hide, to cover something. And the word Junna is used for a shield because it hides you, it covers you. So they have taken their oaths as a shield. Meaning, they use lies to convince others. And lies to shield themselves. I mean, think about it. When someone swears an oath before you, how can you reject them? Like for example, if you ask somebody, did you do this? And they say, no, wallahi, I didn't do it. What are you going to say? Wallahi, you did it? If you say, wallahi, they'll say, no, wallahi, wallahi, I didn't do it. Right? I mean, what are you going to say? So in this situation, when Abdullah bin Ubay point blank refused that I didn't say anything like that, Zayd, this little kid is lying, what do you do? Can you take any action against a person who's lying? How can you? So, اتَّخَذُوا أَيْمَانَهُمْ جُنَّةً They have taken their oaths as a shield. They silence the truthful with their false oaths. I mean, Zayd, he was truthful. But he was silenced over here. Why? Because Abdullah, what did he do? He took an oath. So they would use oaths to say that they are Muslim. Right? They were hidden enemies. They concealed their kufr. But on the outward, they used their oaths to protect themselves. You see, someone who outwardly says, I don't believe. And then they take some action against the Muslims. Can you take an action against them? Yeah, of course. Think of the seerah. A person like somebody from Makkah, right? A mushrik coming against the Muslims in a battle. Is there any doubt that they're enemy? No, there isn't. Can the Muslims take any action against them? Yes, they can. And they did. But a man like Abdullah bin Ubay, someone who is, you know, attacking the Muslims from the inside, disrespecting the Prophet ﷺ, opposing him, while he's supposed to be from the Muslims, if he goes against the Muslims, what action could the Muslims take against him? How often did Umar anhu ask the Prophet ﷺ permission, please allow me to get rid of this man? Didn't he? But what did the Prophet ﷺ say to him? No. No. Because otherwise people will say that Muhammad ﷺ kills his own men. He kills his own people. So, this is the thing. اتَّخَذُوا أَيْمَانَهُمْ جُنَّةً They have taken their oaths as a shield. And, remember that the statement that Abdullah bin Ubay uttered over here about the Muslims, about the Prophet ﷺ, this was a statement that made him punishable. But he protected himself from the punishment, right? He took his oath as a shield against the punishment. We learn in Surah Tawbah, Ayah 62, that يَحْلِفُونَ بِاللَّهِ لَكُمْ لِيُرْضُوكُمْ They swear oaths by Allah in order to please you. 
in order to satisfy you. In Surah At-Tawbah, Ayah 56, Allah says, وَيَحْلِفُونَ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّهُمْ لَمِنْكُمْ This were oaths by Allah that they are surely from you. وَمَا هُمْ مِنْكُمْ They are not actually from among you. وَلَكِنَّهُمْ قَوْمٌ يَفْرَقُونَ So, اتَّخَذُوا أَيْمَانَهُمْ جُنَّةً فَصَدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ So as a result, they stop people from the way of Allah. What does this mean? How do they stop people from the way of Allah? They lead by a bad example. They lead by a bad example. You know, if you ever do something wrong, why is it that that wrong action became easy for you? Because you saw somebody else do it. A bad word. Why is it easy for you to say it? Because you've heard so many people say it around you. You've heard so many people saying it on TV, that now for you to repeat the same thing, it's not a big deal. That same word that bothered you as a kid, or that same word that bothered you, have you ever seen the reaction of children when they hear a bad word? Right? It's amazing. You know, the other day I heard a kid saying, S word. Right? S word is for stupid. Right? Because it's such a bad word that I'm not going to say it, but I want to say it, so S word. Alright? I was like, this is a kid. And now, what happens to these same kids as they grow older? Everything becomes stupid. Right? They say it over and over and over again. It's not a big deal. So, فَصَدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ When these people lie, and they use oaths, they lie so, so openly, then what happens? They are preventing people from the way of Allah. They are leading by such a bad example. إِنَّهُمْ سَاءَ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Indeed, it is evil what they are doing. Whatever they are doing is evil. I mean, think about it. The munafiqeen, they would stop people from the way of Allah. Like for example, they would say, don't spend on the Muslims. They would say, don't go out in the way of Allah. Don't participate in this jihad. Don't listen to the Prophet ﷺ. They would make fun of the Qur'an. They would conspire against the Prophet ﷺ. Now, if there is someone who claims to be a Muslim, and they are attacking the laws of Islam. They are attacking the Qur'an. They are speaking up against Muslims. They are opposing the sha'air of Islam, things like the hijab, right? things like the norms that, that Muslims observe. If they are opposing them, what can you say to such a person? What are you going to say? فَصَدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ They stop people from the way of Allah. In Surah Al-Ahzab, Ayah 18, Allah says, قَدْ يَعْلَمُ اللَّهُ الْمُعَوِّقِينَ مِنْكُمْ وَالْقَائِلِينَ لِإِخْوَانِهِمْ هَلُمَّ إِلَيْنَا That Allah knows such people who stop others from the way of Allah. They say, come back to us, don't go out in the way of Allah. إِنَّهُمْ سَاءَ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Their actions are evil. Yes. It's like their lives have become so bad that the only way people can even listen to them as if they have to swear by it. If any other person said, you know what, I didn't say this, you would believe them because you believe them to be an honest or truthful person. But they have to use oaths because they know that nobody is going to take their statements you know, at face value anymore. Exactly. You know, a truthful person, their words have weight. They're believable. Isn't it? Even if they say something in the most simple words, their statements are accepted. But a person who's a habitual liar then their simple words don't work. They have to come up with more emphatic statements. Yes. 
Assalamualaikum. Uh, just a couple of things that I want to say, uh, just for raising our kids in this society. When I was younger, my mom and my grandmother, they always would tell me this folk story about how there was a gentleman who was just very well-mannered and very nice, and they would always ask him, how did you learn? You know, how do you know how to do these things? And they would see, he would say that, I would see people doing the opposite, so I'd do the opposite. So if you see somebody doing something bad, do the opposite. And not, don't learn from the things that they're doing, don't learn from the bad, but do the opposite. Yes. So that way, you, you know, your manners and so on and yeah. so forth are better. Yes. Allah says, ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ That is because they amanu. Initially they believed. That, ذَلِكَ They're hypocrites. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called them munafiqoon. I mean, this is so frightening. إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُنَافِقُونَ When the hypocrites come to you. It's not just people who have a little bit of nifaq or people who have some marad in their hearts. No, it's munafiqoon. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describe them as munafiqoon? Who stop people from the way of Allah. How? Why? Because they amanu, they believed with their mouths, summa kafaru. And then they disbelieved with their actions. Fattubi'a. Then it was sealed. Ala qulubihim upon their hearts. فَهُمْ لَا يَفْقَهُونَ And so they do not understand. How did they become munafiqoon? What happened? They believed initially. With their mouths. They said, we believe. But then, kafaru. They disbelieved. How? With their actions. And when they contradicted their words, what happened? When they did something so horrible the first time, then there was a second time. And a third time, and a fourth time. So what happened? Tubi'a ala qurubihim, the heart became sealed, desensitized. And then a person just gets worse and worse. You know, for example, cheating or lying the first time is difficult. But then when a person survives, then he tries again, and then he tries again. And it just comes to a point where he doesn't even feel bad about it. He doesn't. So ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ آمَنُوا ثُمَّ كَفَرُوا فَاتُّبِعَ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ And now that the heart is sealed, لَا يَفْقَهُونَ They don't even understand their foolishness, the severity of what they're doing. In Surah An-Nisa, Ayah 155, Allah says, بَلْ طَبَعَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهَا بِكُفْرِهِمْ فَلَا يُؤْمِنُونَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا Allah has sealed their hearts because of their disbelief, so they do not believe except a little. You see, when the heart is sealed, then a person cannot distinguish between good and evil. He cannot understand the obvious even. I mean, is there any doubt that lying is bad? And taking an oath while uttering a false statement, is there any doubt that this is something that's wrong? Isn't this something that's universal moral, you could say, or value? That lying is wrong? But what makes it so easy? Because the heart is sealed. Just like lying, there's other sins that we fall into that... We don't even realize our bad until, I don't know, there's something like this that comes up and we realize that we've been doing something wrong. And I've noticed that like romantic books and stuff like that are a big issue for people nowadays, um, like Muslim girls especially. Like it starts off at a young age, you read a book or something and it mentions like a crush or like a, like a hug or a kiss or something like that. And then... It, it just gets worse from there. And then you'll find Muslim girls reading such vulgar books and they don't even like, they're not, like they're desensitized to the how bad they are. But the thing is that we have to realize that these are wrong, you know. And this is true with regards to every single sin. 
you know, whenever my kids are watching TV or something, I make a point that, you know, initially when some song comes up, right, for the cartoon show, it's just a song. But there's a whole lot of music in it. So I remind them again and again, put the volume down. When the song is over, then you can put the volume up. Because it starts like this. You know, we become so desensitized to it that we don't even feel that there's anything wrong. We don't even realize it. Uh, there's a concept in psychology of cognitive dissonance and what it basically is that you believe something in your mind or your heart but your actions are doing something opposite and so you have a contradiction within yourself where your mind's telling you oh you believe this but then why are you doing this and so eventually one or the other wins out either your mind overpowers your action and says no this is wrong you like i mean if you don't believe in this then why would you be doing this but if your action is stronger, like there's more motivation from that side, then you actually convince your thoughts the other way. Yes, you justify it to yourself. Assalamu alaikum. I was going to say that lying become so easy in our society. You start lying in your resume, interview, like to lie is so easy, yet it's such a big trait of being a hypocrite. Yeah. So my life say us all, it's easy and we have to, it's very subtle. Yeah. Let's listen to the recitation. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إذا جاءك المنافقون قالوا نشهد إنك لرسول الله والله يعلم إنك لرسوله والله يشهد إن المنافقين لكاذبون اتخذوا أيمانهم جنة فصدوا عن سبيل الله إنهم ساء ما كانوا يعملون ذلك بأنهم آمنوا ثم كفروا فطبع على قلوبهم فهم لا يفقهون